This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. All right, so Daryl, let's talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl and where we are in the playoffs. We've got the Bengals and we've got, uh, I'm sorry, I said the, we, we got the Bengals being eliminated. And we started on that in the beginning of the show. I do want to tell you this quote here in a second from Jermaine Pratt. Uh, so we'll have, <coughs> excuse me, after a very boring NFC championship, uh, we have the uh, Philadelphia Eagles moving on to the Super Bowl to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, who won in an exciting fashion by kicking a late field goal. So anyway, to set up that field goal, which was what, a 45-yarder? Would have been close to a 60-yarder, and maybe if they, I don't know if they could have ran another play or not, but uh, it was the one time Patrick Mahomes decided to run, and when he run, as you said, he sold it really well. He was already out of bounds uh, when he got tapped by Joseph Asai, and then... The day after, Jermaine Pratt apologized for blasting his teammate on the costly hit, saying he was emotional and he wasn't a great teammate. Again, I, I don't, I mean, was it a stupid play? Absolutely. But it is it the reason the Bengals lost the game? No, it's not. It's one of the reasons why they lost the game. What do you think of the Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, um, I, I'll say this. It's the heat of the moment. He got caught on TV uh or on video that got oh yeah out on social media dropping the the f-bomb about the you know how could you hit the quarter why would you hit the the bleeping quarterback and yeah and and look that's the natural human reaction to you know to being in that moment um and i think that intelligent fans intelligent members of the media take that for what it is it is a there's a reason there's a 10 minute cool off period before we get in the locker room to ask questions and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so I know that uh, this year there was yelling and screaming uh, 
outside the Browns locker room in Baltimore. And then it turns out we found out who was doing the yelling and screaming uh, <laughs> after that uh, loss to the Ravens. It was Jadavian Clowney bitching and complaining about his uh, his role and the lack of leadership and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that that is um, that is just one of those raw emotional uh, situations. But looking forward to the Kelsey Bowl. Um, I've always wanted to be a sports comedian like Mike Polk is. Um, the sports comedian in me would say, hey, the Kelsey brothers getting to the Super Bowl is the closest thing Cleveland's had or will have to getting to the big game, you know. Um, but it, it's great for them. You know, Nick Sirianni, the former Mount uh, Union Purple Raider there, uh, him uh, getting uh, in. Um, it, it always seems like every year there's a Northeast Ohio tie to the Super Bowl, be it players, coaches, executive. It's just, it would be nice if the actual franchise here would deign or dare to participate once every 60 years. That, that would be nice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Kelsey bowl. God bless his parents. They're getting all kinds of TV and media time. Uh, I, I bet their phone is ringing off the hook nonstop with interview requests and stuff like that. Um, I love what Jason Kelsey said after the game. Congratulations, mom. You, you, you know, you, you're going to be a winner no matter what happens. Uh, one of her kids is going to have two Super Bowl rings and one of her kids is going to have one. Um, I think, uh, I think Travis has a little more mileage on the tires maybe than Jason. So I don't know. Do you root for Jason? Because maybe this is his last shot to win another ring. And you just assume that, you know, Travis is going to have plenty of chances to add to his jewelry collection. Is that the mentality you go here, Andy? I, I you know what's been interesting over the last week. It's been um, there's been a lot of talk about Jason being you know one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I'll, I'll say he's one of. I can't sit here and tell you I think he's like I read a headline that said he's the greatest tight end of all time. I'm not. He's on the path. Yeah, I don't know how you can say that while someone's he's in the, in the of conversation. Career. He's not there yet, but he's in the the conversation is worth worth having. But you got to. No, I thought what was interesting yeah. about yesterday's game is he almost didn't play because of back issues. That was reported, I, I think, by Mike uh, Garofalo. Didn't he report? He report that I thought that was everybody reported he had back issues. Okay, I thought. Well, I thought he, he, he basically walked around telling everyone I'm playing. But you didn't answer my question as a dad. All right, as which a dad, kid, which kid are you rooting for on Super Sunday? Put yourself in the Kelsey's shoes. Right now, who which kid are you rooting for? Jason, neither. Or I'm just rooting for a good game. And my kids oh, at the end. sorry, that's you're such I'm a sorry, guy. man. I mean, I, I just, chicken, chicken, don't want to answer the question. I, I mean, I, I have loyalty to both of them. Travis, you know what? Nice I'm gonna, on the radio show. I've done some stuff with Jason back when I was doing TV. His dad, Ed, was on our show the other day, he was fantastic. You know, the biggest point I'll that answer I get, the question I'm rooting sure. for Jason because it's probably his last chance to win a ring. So I'll probably. Re- what do you want? You want another mummer speech? Is that what you want? Oh, I want another parade speech from him. I, I got to be honest with you. There aren't very many. There aren't very many um, podcasts that I want to listen to. I listen to Last Kingdom podcasts. I listen to the Office podcast. Um, I listen to Anchorman. I listen to um, uh, just a few. This week, I really want to listen to the New Heights um, podcast between Jason and uh, Travis. I think it's going to be great especially if you're from here. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me how these two guys who don't live here anymore still have this great tie to the city. They've done a ton for. You're always in town. 
they always yeah. come like they're always around. Like it's not like they they I mean they they both no, didn't Travis play in Travis played in the softball tournament in yeah. um what's his name softball tournament. Um yeah, the, the I forget the the yeah, the the charity Joe Hayden softball, softball team, right? It was Joe Hayden softball tournament for a long yeah. time out in East Lake. So I just you know, I do think this comes at a really good time for not to get political or get kind of crazy on this stuff, but and it's not political, but you know, Cleveland Heights, there was a big fight at Cleveland Heights just two weeks ago, and it was all over in the news. And, you know, there were a number of it was after a basketball game. Now they had to change the rules on the basketball game on who can come. The cheerleaders and players can only have their parents and two yeah. other tickets attend. And it's a brand new school. I also think that there was, you know, there might have been a rush to prejudge. Like I got a ton of text when it happened last week about, oh, why would anybody want to go to Cleveland Heights? And, oh, this is horrible and blah, 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 blah. It's a good school. There are good kids at that school. There are good teachers at that school. I mean, look, I just it bothered the you know what out of me. And then I talked to a buddy of mine who's still very involved with the high schools. And I just said to him last night, I go, finally, some super positive news for the city of Cleveland Heights. And for this, I mean, look, the, the city of Cleveland Heights had call in backup on that fight. And so it just makes you wonder, you know, a lot about what was going in there for the police to have to call in other um other cities or suburbs, maybe they, they, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how bad that situation was, but when you see video of people fleeing and then you might see a fight or two here or there, then you have to wonder, you know, oh my God, what was going on there? So it's been a bad on hmm? education and youth and teacher yeah. and how teachers are treated, but I will keep those to myself. Uh, my, yeah, no, I, and I'm well, with you. And I also like, no, one talks- so I hear, I hear the stories of stuff that she has to, uh, she has yeah. to do and, and that, and uh, I'll keep those to myself. Uh, other than other than just saying, there needs to be better parenting. <laughs> that uh, there enough. are there are things that I see kids pulling off today that I, growing up, would never even dare to attempt. And the reason why is because of the belt. Not that my dad used it, but I knew it was you there. Feared it, and same with I, me. I, I feared it too. I mean, we're from a it's today they're coddled. I I I talk to coaches. Um, you know, athletes today aren't nearly as, is, is, um, tough, I guess is the word to use, uh, as you know, uh, previous generations in that, you know, every, everyone gets a participation trophy, which I think is, is not the greatest thing in the world. I'm all about inclusion. I'm all about individuality and making, you know, people f- uh, feel worth and recognition. But there's 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 like when you're talking about competition, there's a limit. There are winners and losers. And like uh, the beauty of sports is it teaches you teamwork. It teaches you life skills. It teaches you people skills. It teaches you to deal with adversity because everything in life isn't going to go your way. Um, And you're not entitled to anything. I've done uh, interviews with some high school kids uh, just about our business in general and um, to hear their expectations of our business. Like I wish I was living in the fantasy land that they live in. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I do the stories like that, that, that pop up are, are very unfortunate. And, uh, I, I feel for all of our educators out there. I feel like these days they just have such a thankless job. They work so hard yet. Uh, unfortunately they kind of get vilified. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on with, with the, you know, young kids today. And, um, God, the stuff that we used to do, like 
go out and play, go do, you know, get away from your phones, put the phones down, get away from the TVs and the computer monitors, get off the screens, go get off your phone, you know, get, go to the awesome. park, go hang out with your friends, go, you know, do, Hey, go scrape up your knee playing pickup basketball. Right. I mean, I'm not room oh, for no, we gotta go to the hospital. That's where we are now. You, that, so. you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Now. Let me, let me leave you with this. Let's, let's end the show with this. And, and maybe we'll play some of the Ed Kelsey interview I did with him last week. And, and Jeff and I both talked to him that, one of the biggest reasons he thinks that his boys have had success is not because they played football all the time. It was okay. because his kids were involved in multiple yes. sports. Thank you. Standing and, over. You know, you know, the reason I know Travis and and I, you know, I talked to Jason before I realized this, but you know, I'm friends with the guys that that were his hockey coaches when he was a kid growing up because I played with those guys and you know, he wore the same sweater that I did when he played high school hockey and then growing up or even prep or youth hockey. And so, I mean, that's how I kind of know that, that world in sports. But Ed, I'm telling you, Ed went out of his way to talk about, you know, having his kids play hockey and making them better football players for it. I mean, you, I mean, first of all, the odds of being a professional athlete are super slim. Imagine being a, a mother and a father that not only put one kid in the NFL, they put two kids in the NFL. And to think that these two kids reached the pinnacle of sports and the father will tell you, Ed will tell you what one of the reasons was they played multiple sports. They played basketball. They played baseball. They played lacrosse. They did everything. And if I just get, if you listen to one thing I say today, the parents that think that their kids should be playing just one sport and the coaches that push kids to play one sport at like nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, or the parents that try to make the kids. The parents that try to make the kids and parents feel guilty for a kid that might play, I don't know, soccer or football or football and and getting into basketball season or trying to get into another season and they get all mad because there's conflict because baseball, you don't have to play these sports all year long. You're not helping your kids become better athletes. Yep. All you're doing is keeping them busy. Just well, go hire a babysitter that. instead, especially when they're young. Stop well, not it. only not only that, but they're you're not helping them physically develop you know play a fall sport play a winter sport play a spring sport all require different muscles and tendons and stuff like that and it makes you just a it makes you a better athlete rather than a guy that just picks whether it's basketball baseball hockey whatever and you just narrow in on that one thing you become easy it's easier for you to to suffer an injury because you're only working certain muscle groups, whereas if you're playing a variety of sports, even if you're, uh, you don't have to play foot the, the big three of football, basketball, baseball. You can quote specialize in one of those, right? You either want to concentrate on football, basketball, or baseball, but supplement it with sports from other times of the year. Daryl, to- so let me just and everything you said is 100 percent correct. Here's who I call out on this. It's the coaches that make the families feel guilty if they want to play multiple sports. It's the, hey, it's this season, and why is my kid? Why is this kid who's going to be a star on my team, on my nine-year-old team? And it's the thought of having to play basketball all year. It's the thought of playing hockey all year. You know, the one thing about football is it's really not an all-year sport, although with seven-on-seven, seven, they really are pushing it. And yeah. by the way, the other part of it is, if you're playing football, you're probably in the weight room. So now you're getting multi-sport use just by weightlifting and training and doing that. So you're not locked into one sport. I can't tell you how much it, it bothers me. Coaches that guilt families and guilt kids 
that are playing youth sports that say, well, it's football season now. You shouldn't be doing it. Okay, I understand it. When it's football season, you shouldn't play football, and that's great. But guess what? If there's a basketball tryout at the end of the season and you want that kid to go play basketball, let that kid go play basketball. Stop it. Stop trying to run these kids that are super young and they feel like they need to play 70 or 80 games a year. We're killing our kids, and it's no wonder we get killed out at international competition. It's no wonder that our kids are burned out by the time they get to the professional level because they played six, 700 games by the time they're 15 or 16. Stop the madness. Stop it. Thank you. And there is. Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland. Thank you. Uh, and there is like literally a a 0.001% chance that your kid is going on to make $100 million a year as a pro athlete. That's the other part of it too. Like having them start at nine year old at, at, you know, in their single digits and even before they become teenagers where they're now. And honestly, you know, winning and losing does not matter. I would say until high school varsity sports in high school, then wins and losses matter until then it doesn't. It's about loving the game. It's about learning the game. It's about enjoying the game. And that, is my public service announcement, courtesy of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. There you go. We've done our public service announcements, and now we've done our due diligence, and we hope that you enjoyed listening to the broadcast today, or the podcast today. Podcast, yes. Because I'm so old. Thank you. Oh, 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 there I am. There. Oh, boomer. No, I'm not a boomer. Are you going to show me your FCC license now, Andy? No, my golden Buckeye. I do have an FCC license, though, because we had to have so the old yellow cards. Yeah, like, oh, here, here comes the FCC. They're coming. Where's your license? Where's your engineering license? You mean the one I sent a self-addressed stamp, stamped envelope to Washington, D.C. to get? Yeah, that really meant I was trained on how to run a radio station. But I had my card because I wasn't allowed on the air unless I had that stupid yellow You're card. You're a card-carrying member of the FCC. <laughs> Look for the FCC label, as if that was even real. All right. Thank you, Daryl. We appreciate you. We also appreciate Meredith Kane, who's probably pulling her hair out on the end of this last segment. So thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We are back. What is today? Today's Tuesday. So our next episode, Thursday morning. We drop on Tuesdays. We drop on Thursdays. And we drop when there's breaking news. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.